Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader Store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bonus having a Ben show as I speak. What is today? Tuesday, January 25th. I've lost sense of time, man. It's so cold here in Chicago. My distinguished guest where he is, he's sitting large. It's not cold where he is. He's, he's enjoying it. Anyway, headlines uh, in ESPN. This is breaking news. Uh, former Boston Red Sox slugger David Ortiz, lone inductee into Baseball Hall of Fame as Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens miss again. They don't mention him in the headline, but for Chicago Cub fans, also unmentioned, Sammy Sosa didn't make it. So that will be a topic of conversation with my distinguished guests. But as I do with all distinguished guests, before we go further, I ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself. So take it away. Hello, everybody. I am Serge Vicente, the host of the Greatest Combat Sports and Culture Show, the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. And uh, I'm also a staff writer for the Scrap News. Check me out both places. Ben, how you doing, brother? Thank you so much for having me on the show. Love having you on the show. Our last uh, episode, uh, we're, uh, <laughs> you were laughing. You were defending the Logan boys. Uh, we're not going to go backwards. We're going to look forward. Uh, and uh, we've got three... Um, Topics of conversation, Grayson Allen, uh, Barry Bonds, and Francis Ngannou. And uh, I'm in love with that uh, final one. We'll start. We'll end with a really positive note because the first two are kind of in some ways downers. So let's get the, the real punk out of the way first. And uh, I've been waiting to hear Sergio on this topic for a while. Friday night, my beloved Bulls, already shorthanded, playing the Bucks, the world champion Bucks, so they shouldn't have to cheat to win a game in Milwaukee. It's neck and neck. Looks, I had a feeling the Bulls are going to pull it out. And this, just try to stay clean. Uh, my man, uh, Alex Caruso, is going in for a slam dunk. Grayson Allen, who has a history, Sergio, of cheap shots. You said it. Cheap shot, grabs him by one arm, whacks him over the head with the other arm, drives him full face first. It was like a wrestling, professional wrestling, only it wasn't <laughs> a, a mat he hit. It was the hard floor. 
He broke his wrist. He'll be out for at least eight weeks. Oh, boy, Grayson Allen gets one day, one game suspension. It was like a huge turning point, not only to win the game, but probably win the division. And uh, the NBA gives Grayson Allen just a little slap on the wrist. Sergio, take it away. What are your feelings about this? As a Bulls fan, just not as a Bulls fan, as a basketball fan, you should be mad about this. Grayson Allen is one of those guys that he has had, he's, he carries an aura about him. And it's not an aura in the way that LeBron James or Michael Jordan carries, or even the great Alex Caruso carries. It's not that type of aura. The type of aura that he ends up carrying is just of a dirty, dirty player. He's been that same guy ever since he was at Duke. Nothing changes. He always gets fined for these type of things. He always gets these flagrant fouls. And it has to come to a point in time where enough is enough. It has to. He's done this. He has a reputation of doing this. And he only gets a game? A game? Come on. I mean, this guy, the Bulls, already shorthanded, like you said. Lonzo's already out six to eight weeks. We were hoping we just got Caruso back. Just got him back. And to lose him on a play, that shouldn't you if you're gonna follow him, I'm a, I'm totally fine with hard fouls. I understand hard fouls. Yeah, I grew up in the 90s. I was born in the 80s. I love hard fouls. But it there's a fine line between hard fouls and just dirty play. And yo, that was just plain dirty. One wait, one uh, game check doesn't even amount to anything that's really substantial when you really think about it for him. So it, I, it's unfortunate. I hate that it happened. Um, he absolutely should have gotten more than a game. Uh, it's a joke. Uh, 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 we'll come back to him, but let me just say a little appreciation to Alex Caruso. Uh, I watched him from afar when he was a Laker. I'm not a Laker fan, but I would watch them in the playoffs. I'm a Laker fan. I know you're out there in L.A., but you're mainly a Bulls fan. Uh, and I didn't realize. Lakers have always been my second team second team okay so i don't even have a second team <laughs> I, I just got one well, but, I, I'll, I'll explain my stance in a moment but i'm sorry okay. continue uh, but and so but it's since he's come to chicago and I, I the limited time i've gotten to see him as a bull because he he got covid he was out he had a little foot injury he was out but uh serge he he brings something to the game that is uh, the average fan can't quantify because you, you average fan will look at, well, how many points did a guy score? How many rebounds the guy got? This guy comes on the court. He just locks. What do you, which player you want me to cover coach? Which player do you, which frees up his ability to cover multiple players like Draymond green frees up other guys. You get what I'm saying? You, you gotta have a, you can have a diversified attack, his aggressiveness, his smarts. He's like the quarterback. Uh, it's more like a safety, you know, because the defensive side calling this shot. I'm really impressed with him, and it hurts so bad. You watch the Bulls games, that point in the, like the end of the first quarter going into the second or the end of the third going into the fourth, it's really going to hurt the Bulls because they won't have his presence on the court. Talk a little bit about you played the game. Talk a little bit about what Alex Caruso brings to the game. Well, I, look, I, I didn't play anything substantial at all. That's not my thing. But um, I, I do know, and I've been a fan of the game enough to, he, he's an intangible guy. And he, it's so hard to find a, one of those intangible guys that's willing to do all the dirty work. He, he's, um, he's a guy that really, his game translates to any era. Tough, hard-nosed, D's up, you know, he'll die for the loose ball. It's... It, almost very Andre Iguodala like in the way that again he he he's everything for you that he's one of those guys he he's your um 
I'm trying to think because it's, I, I want to say Bruce Bowen almost originally the one from the uh, those old Spurs teams, but he he's more than that because he's more than just a three and D guy. He he's a playmaker, he's a creator, and like I said, I'm a Lakers fan as well. And seeing somebody like him leave, that's that's the biggest hole in the Lakers this year. I would think than anything else is the lack of having Caruso. He's a locker room guy. He's a guy that everybody loves. He was one of LeBron James's favorite players to play with. It's one of those guys that I think um, he brings so much. He's a culture guy, as they say. Uh, I'm a big fan of Alex Caruso. I'm so happy that the Bulls have him. And you know what? It's going to suck for the next two months. But the good thing is, at least, hopefully, we're still having we're in decent standing in the playoffs. Hopefully, we have a nice, full, strong team heading into the playoffs. Maybe get a week or two in before the playoffs. Get everybody get that rust off. That's as a fan, maybe um, you know, just being a little bit of uh, maybe I'm just being a little hopeful. Yeah, but that that's what I'm hoping for. I, I'm with you there. I uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've never had to come back from an injury like that, but I'm hoping that he. That will not prevent him from uh, like doing cardiovascular workouts uh, to just to try to keep. Oh, he, he's always in shape too. I, yeah, yeah, I feel like he'll be. I'm sure when he comes back, he'll be totally fine. I, I'm sure you know his conditioning's not stopping. It's a wrist. It's not his legs. I feel like he'll be running around. I'm sure he'll still be doing drills with his offhand. I, I think he'll he'll still be in the gym. I mean, he's he's one of those guys. I I, I have total faith that he's going to be all right there. But it is a shooting hand. But do you think he'd come back and play with a broken non-shooting hand? Do you th- I mean, I thought about yeah. that. You know, this guy, uh, th- there's a <laughs> certain toughness in him. Uh, you know, well, I don't shoot with it anyway, coach. Just put me in. I'll just pass the ball. I, I, I don't know if the, uh, the doctors would clear him, but. That's the problem. I think he would do it, but I think that I'm sure he's one of those guys that just say, hey, yo, tape it up. Let's go. But uh, just because of, you know, who he is for the franchise and the franchise, he's actually a piece that they're going to need for the next couple of years. The Bulls are building something. I mean, we're seeing how good they are. We have somebody that should legitimately be in the MVP talk in terms of DeMar DeRozan. Uh, This is a team that's a lot of people didn't expect to be here at the beginning of the season. People were just like, ah, they're going to be like a a nice eighth seed and things like that. But Seeing how they've come together, people didn't think that Zach Levine and DeRozan were going to actually, you know, gel. They are. Everybody's gelling. Lonzo is becoming that piece, that superstar that you need him to be, Um, that Jason Kidd-esque point guard. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I love what they have. And honestly, Billy Donovan's doing a great job. That team is still being competitive, even with all the injuries and people uh, uh, shuffling in and out. All right. Now, before we leave the subject with Grayson Allen and get to uh, baseball, let me ask you this. I was very disappointed and only got a game. Uh, I figured out that I did a calculation, a rough calculation. Uh, Alex Crusoe will miss over 20 games, okay, with his injury. He'll miss probably 25 games. Depends. I don't know how long uh, before he gets on the court. Uh, so that is, it works out to a huge advantage for the Bucks. The NBA did not take that into uh, consideration when they gave, uh, meted out the penalty. Your thoughts on this. Uh, should the NBA take into consideration the fact that one player is out for uh, eight weeks, 25 games, when uh, punishing a player for a cheap shot foul? It, it sucks. And yeah, it would be nice for them to say, like, oh, it's, you know, it, he's going to be out this many, this many games. You have to at least be out half of that or something like that. But let's be honest, it's Grayson Allen. 
He's a bum. At the end of the day, even if he did miss that many games, it wouldn't help or hurt the Bucks. <laughs> I like that. Let's just make Drew Holiday sit it out then. I like that attitude. We, we'll, we'll let Grayson Allen play, but Drew Holiday, as punishment, <laughs> he, got you, sit. he has to sit. You got to sit. Oh, could you hear the crying from Milwaukee? Oh, they'd be crying more than they were this weekend when their Packers lost. Uh, <laughs> all right. But, by the way, I got to ask you, how did the Lakers let Alex Crusoe go? I still don't. I mean, they're uh, he wanted to resign. I, I th- yeah, it, it, it's it's unfortunate. That's that's the best thing I can say. But I would be more hurt by it if he didn't go to the Bulls. If he went anywhere else, I would have said it was the worst move in history. What is wrong with you guys? He went to the Bulls. So at the end of the day, I'm not really that mad. All right, uh, let's move on to baseball. Uh, when I met Sergio many many years ago, he was a baseball player. Uh, this is before his boxing days uh, and uh, be uh, before his mixed martial artist days. And um, you were a baseball player. You're a damn good baseball player. Uh, and you were a Cub fan. You raised a Cub fan. Uh, his dad raised him a Cub fan. His mom's a Cub fan, too. Know the whole family. Uh, Sammy Sosa did not get into the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds did not get into the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens did not get in the Hall of Fame. These are the pivotal players of your childhood, Sergio. These are the players that you grew up watching and in some cases cheering for. They didn't get in because of steroid use, either alleged or actually proven steroid use. Uh, uh, David Ortiz did get in, even though he once tested positive for steroids. Uh, It's kind of curious. Uh, He gets in, but the others don't. Your general thoughts on barring Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens and Sammy Sosa, three of the greatest players of the 90s from the Hall of Fame. No, not not three of the greatest players of the 90s, three of the greatest players of all time. Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player of all time, and he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player of all time. And it's not even close. It's not even close. This dude was a Hall of Famer before anything, before he aged out and started, you know, taking steroids. And at the end of the day, let's be very honest, steroids don't help you hit the ball. You still have to be an athlete to be able to hit the ball. And they've even done studies that have proven that they only make you go, maybe the ball go maybe 10 feet further. Barry Bounds hitting the ball 500 freaking feet, people. That 10 feet wouldn't have mattered. It still would have gotten out of the park. Let me explain to people who had, didn't see Barry Bonds play the type of fear that Barry Bonds put into opposing teams. Nothing like this has ever happened. They didn't do this to Babe Ruth, who I thoroughly believe was probably a bum if you really think about it. But, I mean, again, we talk about different times and different eras. I, I am a firm believer. I look at the fields, the fields back then, the, 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 the line itself, was like 315. Like That was like how the fields were smaller. It was, it was a joke. Complete joke. And here's the thing. You cannot be the greatest player of all time if you never played with black people. I'm sorry. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Because at the exact same time, Josh Gibson hit 860 home runs in the Negro Leagues, but nobody wants to talk about that. Okay, I digress. So, it's an absolute travesty that they're not in the Hall of Fame. Sammy, let's talk about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire saved baseball. 
Nobody in the late 90s were paying attention to baseball. In mid-90s, it was almost gone. It was a joke. There was the, the, um, the, the strike, all this stuff happened. Nobody cared for a long duration of time. And then all of a sudden, 1998 comes around, and then there was that home run chase. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire stole America, the, the world's hearts. Everybody paid attention to baseball again. And then on the heels of that, here comes Barry Bonds hitting bombs. And we saw people, his slugging percentage was over 800. It makes no sense. He was he was literally almost hitting 400 for like seasons, close to it. He is one of the greatest, not only was he one of the greatest hitters of all time, defensively he was one of the the best defensive players in his position of all time but before he obviously he got older and whatnot and we forget about the speed that he had the problem with Barry Bonds and all of these people is that the majority of them had issues with the media and these goof writers are, have, are holding grudges for some reason is like the baseball the way my mom and dad used to play <laughs> back in the day bro Back in the day, none of them had black people either. So rules need to be changed, obviously. And let's be very honest. Let's bring steroids into baseball. Baseball's boring is all, all heck, okay? Baseball is super boring. Well, wait, it's the most okay. boring thing. No, right, it oh, is. I'm sorry. Go. I'm being honest. No, I'm be, and then let me tell you why. It's go boring ahead. because... There's no home runs. It's like you guys want to juice them up. I want to see home runs. I want to see. Let, let's go. Now, juice are the you bats, being juice serious? The balls, juice the athletes. Are you being serious when you yes. say that? Are you- yeah, baseball, yes. No one's touching anybody. Well, the, the pitcher. Yeah. If no one is hitting anybody, there's no physical contact. Why not? Have you, You've heard every argument. Juice these boys to the gills. You've heard every argument against steroids. Have any of them convinced you? No, because <laughs> no one is physically getting touched. Who cares? Yeah. And let's be very honest. They're doing it anyways. They're, they're just cheating. Yeah, they're just cheating. Uh, I, I, uh, I have to say I share a lot of your opinions. Uh, those are some great riffs you went on. I, I will make an addition. Uh, the two of the greatest. I don't know if I'd say Barry Bonds is the greatest, because uh, I saw uh, Hank Aaron play, and I saw Roberto Clemente play, and I saw Willie Mays play. So I have a, a few years on you. Uh, and those three, it's hard for me to say anybody's better than any of those three that I just said. Uh, in, in different and, times, and those legends, it is very like Roberto Clemente was growing up was my guy, as, as was um, Hank Aaron. So I totally understand. And Willie Mays was no joke. Okay. So having said all that, I would put Barry Bonds in that Barry group. Barry Bonds' godfather. And, and uh, yes, uh, uh, yes, Willie Mays was his godfather, his father, Bobby Bonds, the great Bobby Bonds. And, um, but I'm going to say something else. There's a fifth person that I, I'm going to mention, who's also not in the Hall of Fame, who is also one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And I don't care what anyone says, it's an our age, he's not in the Hall of Fame. And I saw him play from almost the start of his career to the end of his career, and that is Pete Rose. Peter Everett he Rose. He absolutely should be. He should be a Hall of Famer as well. It, it's it, the it's really disgusting when who are the Baseball Writers Association, whoever the people are who are the people in charge of the, these gatekeepers, essentially. It, it's it's really a travesty that they're going out there and they're 
what holding hostages, trying to erase the history and the memory of these great athletes because of what the way this person talked to you when he was a player. Like it's, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. It's, it's petulant. That's what it is. And these guys deserve to be in the hall of fame. If it is, if we're talking about the hall of fame of the greatest players ever, how are we going to keep out these players? How are we going to try to erase their history? And guess what guys, you're not going to erase their history. People are going to remember. And here's the thing. The internet is here. I know the baseball writers are still using typewriters or whatnot, <laughs> but the internet is now here. Oh, hello. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Uh, the, the key word in your, in uh, that ref was a race because it is erasing history. It's eradicating history. And, uh, frankly, I don't understand the point of having a Hall of Fame, a baseball that's dedicated to the history of baseball, if you're blocking people from reading or learning about three, some of the greatest characters of baseball. Exactly. And, and Serge, yes. I'll tell you right now, it should say Pete Rose got banned for betting a baseball game. It should say Barry Bonds ballooned in weight one year to the next, and suddenly his home runs went up. Obviously, he was injecting with something. But so what? It doesn't. To, to, so to mention exactly. the history does not diminish the reality of what they accomplished on the field. Uh, to me, it's utterly absurd to pretend as though they don't exist. You know? I absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and that is my biggest issue with it. The fact that they're going out there literally trying to erase history. Think about how terrible that sounds. Think about the type of people throughout history that have tried to erase history. It seems like such a little thing. But at the end of the day, like it is much bigger when you really think about it in the in the larger scope of things. It, it's a, it's an absolute joke, absolute joke. All right, uh, we mentioned them, and let's take a little deeper dive before we leave baseball. Uh, you grew up again uh, in uh, uh, Chicago and Evanston. Uh, you played baseball in Chicago. Uh, Sammy Sosa was king of uh, the North Side, at least uh, when you were playing baseball. Uh, I in '98 he was the king of of all Chicago. Okay? Well, they, had a, they were the Sox fans him. grumbling, but yeah, um, I love Sammy. And Sosa. he was also a Sox. He used to play for the yes, Sox. You that's correct. Have love for him because he used to play for the Sox. That dumb <laughs> trade by the Sox. Hey, Sox fans, don't give that, us grief. That was a dumb trade. You're right. Yeah, and that was Sox. No, actually, started with the Rangers and they got traded to the Sox. Uh, and yep. they got and then the, the Sox Cubs. gave them to the Cubs. Yeah, dumb move. Anyway, so I don't understand the attitude that so many Cubs fans have about Sammy Sosa. It's really weird. It's really weird. Like they hate on him, and it's like, why you guys hate? For, I got my issues with Cub fans. It's driven me away from the Cubs. I won't root for them anymore. Uh, but what is going on here? Help me understand this. Why Cub fans are hating on Sammy Sosa? This guy who gave them so much joy. And gave him reason and purpose to be Cub fans and go to the park. Why do they hate on him now? I mean, I feel like Sammy's done and said some questionable things over the years, and I think uh, I think it's a little bit of people holding him accountable, and I think it's a little bit of him being a little bit strange, and people are reacting in the way that they would react to other strange people. I think people are just being people. I'm trying to think of what he did that was so strange. I mean, I'm I mean, thinking, it's not from like bleaching his skin. I mean, that was a big thing. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's okay. I it mean, that, you're right. Yeah, like, oh, I hate that on him for that. Little, that little nugget, you know. I, 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 okay, but like Michael I mean, Jackson I did a lot of to hate people for that. 
Michael Jackson hey, did look, a lot hey, of weird things. Nobody's hating on Michael Jackson. About Mike, okay? <laughs> a lot of people hate on Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, oh, but not plenty for, of people hate on Michael Jackson. Not as much as Sammy Sosa. Good, good. They're making oh, a Broadway God. musical about Michael Jackson right now, which is kind of amazing considering yes. allegations. And they also about and they also put out multiple documentaries over the last couple of years about him in a negative light as well. Yes. So. I mean, I think he gets a, a good, a hefty amount of hate himself. <laughs> he does, but he's in the Grammy Hall of Fame. I can tell you that because I've been to the Grammy Hall of Fame, which is in Los Angeles. That is true. And well, uh, so they sound like they keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Go ahead. Well, musicians are, I think, known scumbags, so I think they're okay with it. The views and opinions of Sergio Vicente are not necessarily those of the show. Uh, Anyway, I do believe, uh, I don't think Sammy Sosa in my lifetime will be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, this was, I think, his I don't think so chance, either. Uh, and the, the bizarre voting. Oh, Barry Bonds also. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that either. What's that about? You? They only give them like a certain amount of time after they retired? Like, well, well, that doesn't make it's any sense. Very. You hit it on the head. It's a very weird club of sports writers uh, who were guys who were probably picked on by the athletes they cover when they were kids. Just pause and think about that one for a while. And <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. And yeah. that's it. And then that's my issue with it. It's the it's these like these. I, I'm going to sound terrible. These low self esteem dudes that are sitting there being petty. It it's is ridiculous. It is ridic Listen, I didn't like Roger Clemens. I didn't like uh, his attitude. I didn't. I don't root for the Red Sox. I don't root for the Yankees. These are teams he played for. But yeah. he was great. I cannot. I, and by the way, this is going to stun you when I say this. I think because I don't think I've ever revealed this to you. I could not stand during the course of his playing career, and I rooted against him every chance I got. Kobe Bryant, but. I recognize greatness. He's one of the greatest players of all time. I had tears in my eyes, Sergio, when he scored, those, what was it, the 50 points to close out his career? 81. No, 81 was in Toronto. 81, his final game, I think he scored 50 points. Oh, uh, and um, 60. 60, was it 60? And I, so I, I, I mean, Oh, there we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this. He's got a Kobe t-shirt. We got it out of his closet. But the point is, you know, I didn't like Magic Johnson and I didn't like Larry Joe Bird because they beat my Bulls. But I respected them for the greatest, three of the greatest players of all time. And it just would never dawn on me that I would deny them if I had any say in it. <laughs> access to the basketball hall. It'd be crazy to say Larry Bird. It'd be ridiculous. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> you can't be in because you beat the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And nobody from the bad, the Pistons, you guys can't get in because you were mean. Uh, well, actually, you make a compelling point there. In the, no, I'm just kidding. Um, by the way, as they will never live it down walking off that court. Uh, that's a whole other story. We could do a whole show about that one. All right. Um, so, yeah, Kobe. So why, before we go to uh, uh, Francis, What's with you and the Lakers? Why do you like the Lakers so much? It is because because of Kobe Bryant. In 1996, Kobe Bryant was drafted. I was 10 years old. Um, I used to get Slam Magazine when I was a kid, and on the cover there's that infamous cover of uh, of um, of Slam, and it has that rookie 96 rookie class, which is obviously Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, and, and many others. Are, are um, uh, Radul Rahim and a bunch of other dudes. Sharif Abdul Rahim, they, uh, Marcus Camby, uh, um, 
Stephon Marbury, all the whole list goes on. But uh, I, I, that's when I was really paying attention to basketball and I really started paying attention. And for some reason, his style just caught my attention. And all of my buddies, everybody loved Allen Iverson. I was the one Kobe Bryant guy. And I loved Kobe and I watched the Lakers from then on out. And I also loved that team at that time. They had Nick Van Exel. They had Eddie Jones. You know, Shaq was over there at that point in time. And it was just such a fun team. And, and I don't know, but it was just something about it. But I was a Kobe guy. From day one, I was a Kobe guy. I had his shoes as a kid, those ugly, <laughs> ugly, ugly Adidas. And and uh, and ever since then, I was just the biggest Kobe. Couldn't say anything wrong about Kobe Bryant. In fact, I was not. A, I, I hate. I used to hate on LeBron James because I was such a, uh, a Kobe fan. Until I got a little older, I just stopped hating, and I realized how great LeBron actually is. And now I'm a, just as big of a LeBron fan as well. But uh, Kobe, I that that's why I have a Lakers love, and I was a, always a Lakers fan from there. Wait, time out. So, uh, but they're only my number two. So team. when the Bulls played the Lakers in '97, and it was Kobe versus Michael. And in 98, when it was Kobe versus Michael. I was, I'm Lakers. You rooted for the Lakers over Lakers. the Bulls? I was in the Lakers. No, I rooted for the over Bulls the until Jordan left. I'll, yeah, because after, um, so in 98, I rooted for the Bulls. And when the, in 2000, I was rooting for the Lakers. <laughs> uh, by the way, I think I may have to correct you, and this will be interesting to see who's right. I don't think Dirk Nowitzki was in that class of 96. I'm going to look it up right. <sighs> you might be right. I was thinking it wasn't Dirk. It was Steve Nash. I'm Steve sorry. Steve Nash. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they played together. I was thinking of his. I was thinking of his his jersey because he had the jersey on. So in my head, I'm picturing it, and I was like, "Who's from that?" And I was like, "No, Steve, Steve Nash." Uh, I'm not even sure that. I think you are right. Steve Nash was uh, in that uh, class. You're right. Uh, and it took Steve Nash a while before he found his way uh, in the NBA. But no, I, uh, I, 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 my thing is this, and uh, I don't think you're old enough to have experienced this. Uh, yet, but I like the older players. And then, so when the new guys come in, I had this tendency. I've kind of outgrown this, uh, Sergio. I'm proud to say I don't like the new guys. I like the old guys. The old guys. Don't tell me that Tim Duncan's better than Charles Barkley. Barkley's the best of all time. And then after Tim Duncan gets older, I start to like Tim Duncan. And I've outgrown that. Okay, I'm happy ah. to say. Oh, you know what I mean. But that's how I was. So you see, so, so you've outgrown, you've outgrown being a hater. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's, and, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I've worked on it. But, like, uh, I love this kid. My favorite player in the uh, in the in the rookie class is... John Moran. No, of the rookie class right now is Iowa. Iowa. Oh, the Bulls. rookie class. Yeah, I love that. Iowa's fantastic. I love that Iowa's fantastic. And I do love John Moran. I love yeah, him he's, last he's year. he's really good. Iowa's unbelievable. Second-round yeah. draft choice. Well, so remember... I was in studio at the Ben Jaworski show. We were asking about who's going to be rookie of the year that year. And you guys laughed me out of the <laughs> studio when I picked John Morant over Zion Williamson. I said, John Morant's going to be that guy. We can run the tape yeah, back. Yeah, you can. You should take a victory lap on that one. Uh, I got that wrong. Uh, I think I actually predicted whoever the Bulls drafted just. <laughs> I think it was Kobe White the Bulls drafted in that pit. Ah. Uh, Anyway, let's not talk about that. All right. Uh, I am in love with Francis uh, Ngannou. Uh, and you've, uh, before we came on the air, you said he's not even the most charismatic uh, uh, African uh, fighter. Uh, that may be. But uh, I've been, I spent the weekend just watching clips of him and his, his playfulness, 
uh, his seriousness and and then his punch. You put it all together, and this is most charismatic a uh, fighter I've seen. I I hate to say this since Ali, but mm, I mean I was a Hagler fan. I'm I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop you from saying that because he's absolutely not that. He's he's not. Go ahead. Okay, at all. Okay, and I'm not even going to have you say that, but he is an anomaly, and he does have such a unique story, being the fact that, again, he where he was born, being, you know, digging ditches for, for a living, and, and then, you know, being homeless and traveling across the Sahara Desert and making his over the sea, getting to, to Spain, or not, I'm sorry, not Spain, just to France, and, you know, being homeless on the street and then walking into an MMA gym, and then within five years he's competing in the ufc and it's like it's just this incredible incredible rag to riches story and then he also looks the part he is this gigantic human being he's six four when he's not cutting weight he walks around at about 285 pounds with an eight pack he looks like a superhero he looks exactly what black panther is supposed to look like and then to top it off he's a sweetheart of a human being He's a very, very, very kind soul. He's a gentleman. The way he handles himself, extremely polite, extremely soft-spoken. Um, he is. He has the potential to be one of the biggest superstars in the sports world today because of everything that he has. And top it off, not only is he a UFC champion, not only did he defeat the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time to get his belt, he had to actually... Fight, fight that champion again because that champion is a person who gave him his first loss and beat the, beat him down, broke him to the point that Francis ended up losing his next fight because he was gun shy. So he ends up going out there having to build himself back up, build his confidence back up. Um, he ends up going and training full time in Las Vegas with a fantastic team. The legendary Dewey Cooper. Uh, Eric Nixick is a friend of the Fight Podcast, who is the head coach at Extreme Couture over there. And they have done a phenomenal job. They're a great team, family atmosphere. And um, what they have done with Francis is phenomenal. He is a phenomenal talent. And this past weekend, going out there and defeating not only the interim heavyweight champion, who is arguably the most athletic heavyweight champion that we've ever seen. There's videos of this other guy you know, dunking the basketball, putting it between his legs, windmilling and stuff. He is a kid, Muay Thai kickboxing champion in Francis and Gan. I'm sorry, in uh, in Cyril Gan. Technically, a lot of people had him as the. Technically, he is the better fighter. Technically, he was supposed to win the fight. And the thing about it, not only was he fighting that fighter, that fighter was a former teammate of his, and he had not, and he has issues not with that fighter, but with that coach. There was bad blood there, so he was fighting against that as well. Oh, and then let's not talk about the organization themselves. The UFC and Dana White have issues right now with him. So he was battling the organization to the point that when he won the belt, Dana White didn't even go into the cage to put the belt on him like he does with all the champions. Didn't even show up to the press conference. In fact, when they were leaving, Francis Ngannou and his team were leaving. The UFC actually was uh, sued Francis Ngannou sent his team emails, sued him for trying to negotiate with other people, which isn't true. But the before he left, that's what the UFC did. So he was battling all of that and still went out there and put on a fantastic performance on top of 
having a completely blown out MCL and a partially torn ACL. Yeah, wow. Put that in mind. Damn, that's a great riff. What is the, What do they have against them? What does Dana White have against them? I mean, this, this, this is... Dana White is... Dana White is a cartoon villain. That That's what it is. He is one of those people. He is, he is literally like... He's, he's filthy rich, but he doesn't want anybody to have or feel like they have any, anything on him or any power. Francis Ngannou has worked himself to the point that he is going to be a free agent. Usually what champions do is after you win a championship, you have to sign a, a, a deal to extend your contract, right? It extends your contract six months every time, or should I say three fights. Since Francis did that, he won his belt, but he's on his first deal, which is either you have to fight eight fights, and, or you, and if you get to that eight fights, you can kind of work out your deal if you're the champion. Well, he, he bet on himself, and the UFC didn't like that. The UFC doesn't like the fact that, and I'm be very honest with you, a big chunk of me and a lot of people, his uh, manager is a former UFC employee who's also a black man who also, let's not forget, works for CAA. CAA is the rival company to Endeavor. Endeavor is the other huge um, talent management company. Endeavor also owns, guess who? The UFC. So there is a lot of politics and everything to go with it. And I think that because I think the the the, the black guy thing, the CAA thing, and the fact that he can't own Francis Ngannou makes Dana White furious. By the way, you, you raised the quote-unquote uh, black guy thing, which has a uh, counterpart, the white guy thing. And I'm going to tie the two together with what we began the show where we're at right now. Get your opinions on this. Is Grayson Allen the beneficiary uh, of the being a white yes, man? Yes, I, I was going to say it earlier. Yes, absolutely. Abs- absolutely, positively. If Boogie Cousins did the same thing, Boogie Cousins would have got 10 days. I'll be very honest with you. He would have got 10 games, or he might have even got more than that. Who They might have, they might have get, get kicked him. He definitely would have got at least 10 games. So what's going on? And help me, and I asked this question. It could be two things, or it could be both of them together. It could be they just want to keep a white star in the game, or it could be... He's not a star. Yeah, I know. It, 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 you're right. You're right. <laughs> I sit corrected. A white player in the game. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, my personal opinion is that Unfortunately, the people that are still making these decisions, they do what a lot of people in, in society do, especially the people that are at the top. They feel empathy for people that they feel as if they can relate to and look like themselves. Grayson Allen is a white guy. Adam Silver and all those guys making the decisions on top are white guys. So what do they do? They say they, they feel bad. Ah, you know what? I'm sure he didn't mean it. They're starting to make excuses for him. But when it comes in terms of Boogie Cousins, some, oh, he's a thug, he's this, he usually does this, he's a bad guy. You know, Ron Artest, no, it's not that he has mental health issues, it's that he's a bad guy. Come on, man, this is a story all the time. I don't care how progressive the league is, this is still things that are happening in our society all day, every Absolutely. day. Absolutely, we saw it with Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, up in Wisconsin, shot two people, uh, and he gets in trial, and everybody's like, oh, but he's... He, he feels bad about it. Uh, you know, he said Black Lives Matter. Uh, and uh, no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, that was the second point I was going to make on one hand. But let, let, let my black and Puerto Rican behind drive, drive, from Chica- drive from where I am in L.A. now to Chicago with a firearm that I purchased somewhere in Nevada yeah. and then go shoot somebody 
in, 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 you know, in Missouri, they're not going to get, and I was saying I was protecting the peace. They're not going to give me the same slap on the Well, you know what? I got to tell you, uh, everything you're saying is true. Uh, And what, one of the things, things that irritates me about this I can't say the most. I think the thing that bothers me the most is that poor Alex Cruz was out for eight weeks. Is that the Milwaukee Bucks rally around him? They're his team. They're supposed to do that. I mean, look in 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 front of the public, in front of everybody else. That is your job as a teammate. I am not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna show. I'm not gonna say anything negative about you in front of. Look, man, that's our guy. It is what it is. I'm sorry that happened to dude, but that's our guy. That's what they're supposed to say. Now, they can feel a certain way outside of that, but if they're good teammates and that is a championship team, they're not going to talk bad about their yeah, guy. Yeah, well, if it happened to their that, guy... That's a good locker room. If it ha- if the same play had happened to Drew Holiday... Uh, absolutely, but if somebody on the Bulls did that same thing... I mean, it, it, it it's a team thing. They're going to protect their guy. They're not going to go ahead and do that. He didn't throw him down and then drop the end bomb to somebody running by. <laughs> you know, they, 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 he didn't do that. You know, he... He had a hard foul. It was a dirty play. Dirty plays happen all the time. That's still their teammate. I, I wouldn't even call it a hard foul. It was a dirty play. The the, the second slap around, if you see, Billy, uh, that was not a hard foul. A hard fouls. It, he wasn't going for the yes, ball. He, was he wasn't going for the ball. It was a, it was the follow through. That that was my issue with it. It was the follow through. Not if if he you can tell if he tried to like hold him up. That'd been one thing. He didn't do that. He pull he pulled the one through arm and he followed through with the and, other. And, it was intense. And everybody, uh, the defenders, they come back. To, we're, here on, we're going back to Grayson. I can't stop talking about it. They, there was a play, um, uh, the the Laker, uh, Tucker, who's from Chicago, by the way, uh, blocked uh, Suggs', Suggs' uh, shot and hit him hard. He went down to the ground for the Orlando Magic. Uh, and I've watched that. And that was a, that was a, that was a legitimate defensive uh, effort by uh, Tucker to block a shot. You get what I'm saying? That was not swinging your arm in such a way as to bring a guy down face first. He was definitely going for the ball. So Milwaukee Bucks fans, stop bringing that up. Doesn't even help your cause. You just look. Nah, it, it, uh, nah, it, it was a dirty. All right, thing. I'm going to close uh, with Engano. I didn't mean to go back to Grayson, but I couldn't help myself when you went on that riff about Dana White. Um, and uh, I believe Francis is fantastic. Yeah, he and, and the three African champions that the UFC have right now are fantastic. All right, now I I wonder wondering uh, if he should cross over and try uh, boxing. Your thoughts on that? No, he should absolutely not. No, 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 not no, no, no. Uh, what if Jake Logan says, "Come on, big fella"? You know, but, he's not going to do that. He's definitely not going to. He's not going to do that. <laughs> That's one guy he's not going into the ring with. Uh, no, which one? No. Would, I mean, which one? Would, who's who's. The person who's trying to fight him right now, Tyson Fury is yeah, trying Tyson to fight him. Fury, Tyson yeah. Fury is the one who's who's willing to go out there and, and, and do that. But at the end of the day, for me, for Francis Ngannou, you're not a boxer. You're an MMA fighter. And I understand the reason that they want to do it is because there is so much more money. And realistically, I want I personally want him to fight uh, Tyson Fury just because of, even though I know he's going to get demolished, he's going to get just absolutely destroyed. But at least I know he's going to leave out of there with at minimum $50 million. He only got 600. The baddest man, the best combat sports athlete in the world. Combat sports, that includes boxing, kickboxing, and all. Francis Sagan was the best. 
the biggest and baddest, the baddest, scariest man on the planet. He only got $600,000 for that. Think, put that into, into consideration. It's, it's an absolute joke. But, but I'll say this. Until the athletes, it, it's not up to media members like myself to speak up on this. It is up to the athletes themselves. They have to either band together, figure something out, unionize, because I can talk to them blue in the face, and we all know it's messed up. But until some of the athletes that actually are some of the power holders, the Conor McGregor's of the world's, the big names, the people that, you know, that until they're like, look, man, we're not fighting until we take care of everybody else, nothing's going to happen. And the UFC is going to continue doing their thing. To exploit them. I will say this. I hope he does cross over and try boxing. I agree with you uh, that he'd be at a huge disadvantage if he did it. But that would $50 million is $50 million. It would be huge. It, I totally agree. Uh, yep. And uh, I, I, I got a lot of faith in this guy. And I read his story. We kind of some, some parallels to Giannis. Uh, I'm going to say something nice about the Bucks because Giannis came uh, to Greece. <clears throat> uh, Giannis is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Giannis is fantastic. He's not a cheap shot. Giannis didn't do that. No, yeah, I've never fantastic. seen Giannis do anything Giannis, remotely yeah. like that in a basketball court. But no, very no. similar. He, he's sport. amazing. You know the poverty he came up from. You know uh, in the streets of uh, Greece. And so uh, I, I love this man, and I well from originally he's originally from Nigeria. Yeah, he moved to Greece from Nigeria. Uh, not Nigeria. We, we got to check our phone. We got to mm, uh, yes, Nigeria. All right, hold on. You know what? This is this is the second time we've done this in this show. Let's see who is correct here. Giannis is. Wait a minute. Hold on. I didn't mean to do that. Here we go. We'll close it with this. If I'm wrong, I will say I'm wrong. You know, I'm not ashamed to say I'm wrong. Hold on. I'm stalling for time. Uh, where is Giannis? Here we go. I mean, I'm... I, Wait, hold on. I'm Wikipedia. I hang out with enough Nigerian guys. They, 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 they tell me when it's one of their own. Okay, yeah. They're, they're bragging about him. Yes, you're correct. He's right again, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? So he's one for two. Uh, in the claim department today in the show. One for two, that's 50, 50%. It's 500. That puts you in the Hall of Fame of baseball. Good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> sounds good to me. Man, Sergio, it's always a blast talking to you. One more time, tell folks about your podcast and your writing, where they can follow you, because uh, I know a Absolutely. lot of my listeners are fans. Go ahead. I appreciate it. Well, Ben, again, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Um, you guys can find me. Like I said, my name is Serge Vicente. I'm the host of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. You can find us at thefightpodcast.com. You can check us out on our YouTube page as well as uh, at The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms. Uh, I also, you can check out my writing, Serge Vicente, on not only my own personal Substack, but you could also check me out on... Um, who I work for in terms of uh, the Scrap News as well. So check them out, scrapnews.co. All right, I want to just give a little shout-out to uh, the great DeMar DeRozan, uh, one of my favorite Bulls, such a, having a great year, MVP year, in my humble opinion. DeMar, you're, I know you're a huge fight fan, so I really am putting this out there. I think you should go on Serge's uh, show and talk boxing. I mean, the man knows his stuff, and that would be a great, uh, great show. And uh, anything I could do to make that happen, I will do it. I'll be a fly on the wall watching it. So I just put that little shout out there, DeMar DeRozan. I know you're a fight fan. I've seen you talk about it, okay? Well, hey, look, I, if we can, you, we can make that happen, that would be fantastic. I, I saw him just, I was just watching him. He did a, I forget who the host was. He did a podcast, uh, DeMar DeRozan. He's stepping out a little more. He was kind of quiet when he got to Chicago, but he's becoming a big shot here. Oh, yeah. It was a great, uh, uh, a great interview. All right, Serge, thank you so much. 
Uh, it's, a, it's a blast having you on. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>